beauty and skincare is always a hot topic around here, and today I want to tell you about a new product line I've discovered that I think you will like, Exponent Beauty. Listeners of the show will receive 20% off their purchase. More details on that in a minute. Exponent Beauty is a skincare brand with a line of activated anti-aging serums that are clinically proven to reduce fine lines and wrinkles. The beauty of Exponent Beauty is their innovative form factor. The powders are activated with a quadruple hyaluronic acid serum in their patented precision-dosed dispenser. The packaging is gorgeous, and the dispenser itself is refillable, so it has also reduced plastic waste. Exponent Beauty's line of serums can be found in med spas and spas and dermatologists' office around the country. The line is dermatologist-recommended and clinically proven to reduce those fine lines and wrinkles, and to increase brightness and radiance, and to firm skin without irritation. No more expired or underutilized products with Exponent Beauty, just high-quality skincare with ingredients that work. Go to ExponentBeauty.com and use code TELL20 for 20% off a purchase of $100 or more. That's Exponent, E-X-P-O-N-E-N-T, Beauty, B-E-A-U-T-Y.com and use code TELL20, T-E-L-L, the numbers two zero for 20% off your purchase of $100 or more. to tell you. And you have 10 things to tell. This show is about connection with each other and with ourselves. And the hope is that the things we talk about here will be fuel for better conversations and a personal awareness. This is an interactive podcast. Each episode has a prompt and a topic that I want you to take to your journal, text to your best friend, or answer on social media using the hashtag 10 things to tell you. This is a show about digging deeper and sharing our stuff. I'll go first. Welcome, welcome to this episode of the 10 things to tell you podcast. We have not had an episode like this one in months, a true conversation between friends. The very basis of this show that we all have things to share We have to make time for good, long, meaningful connections with friends. But 2020 has made this especially hard, as we're going to get into in this show. But I am sharing some of the things I've been meaning to talk about. Loneliness, real housewives, shoes, and intuition. And my dear friend Meg Teets, one of my oldest and best friends, she is dying to share with you a magical Amazon jumpsuit, her true crime obsession, and the new podcast that she's launched with her husband, Kyle. This one includes a little bit of a marriage confession. So there is a lot to unpack in this show is what I'm saying, and that's why it's extra long this week. But I hope you find it fun. I hope you make it to the end. My very favorite part of this episode is the last thing we talk about, which is intuition And I hope that hearing Meg and I process through some of this stuff and laugh and maybe get a little emotional, that it inspires you to reach out to a friend 
you miss and do a big, long catch-up session. Before we leap all the way in, I just want to tell you a little bit about my friend Meg Teets, who has been one of my best friends since before I could even drive a car. We actually started out in high school hating each other because we stole one another's boyfriends. This is true. Eventually, we dumped the boys. We became besties instead, and that has served us well. But if you don't already know her, Meg Teets is the creator and the host of the Sorta Awesome podcast, where I used to be a co-host, and now she has a new show called Awesome Today. Meg is an author and a mom of five. She lives in Oklahoma City, and she runs one of the best places on the internet, the Facebook group called Sorta Awesome Hangout. She's one of my favorite people, and I love, love, love being on mic with her, so I hope that you enjoy. My friend, I am like giddy with excitement to be (laughs) recording with you right now. Oh, I am too. You can see I'm like literally vibrating over here. (laughs) It's such a throwback just seeing your face on my screen, having microphones in front of our faces. You guys, if you don't know this already, if you're new-ish to 10 Things to Tell You, I was originally on the podcast that Megan created and still hosts called Sorta Awesome That was my very first ever podcast experience. And to say that it changed my life is an understatement. So Uh I love being with her, recording with her. She's one of my oldest friends. And so I'm just so happy that you're here, friend. I am so, so thankful to be back. You know, throughout quarantine, we've touched base, we text, we vox, but I don't feel like we've had a chance to really like download some of the bigger things that have happened because, you know, everybody's crazy right now, both literally and metaphorically, but heavily, heavy on the literally. (laughs) Heavy on the literally. (laughs) And I can't believe you just said that because that's actually the first thing I want to share with you. But before we start sharing the things that we want to share, I wanted to do this episode because the original, original theory behind 10 Things to Tell You came from the fact that I have so many dear friends and a lot of them are not local to me, i.e. you are one of the first people that comes to mind. And we would, you know, not be able to talk for a few months. And then when we finally had a chance to catch up over phone or Voxer or FaceTime, whatever, we had a million topics we needed to cover. Yes. We had to have an agenda to get through our uh, conversation. And then we would even still feel like we didn't cover everything. <laughs> I know. We would talk for hours and then be like, oh, shoot, we didn't get to this and that subject. So I realized that I actually haven't had an episode like this in a while that is just a catch up with a friend that's sort of just an example of this 10 things to tell you idea that isn't always just a concise bulleted list um, or it isn't always coming from a conversation starter, which a lot of my episodes are, that also... 10 Things to Tell You is just sort of sharing what's going on, what we're thinking about, what we're into, favorite things, maybe talking through some harder, more complicated, more nuanced things. That is like at the root of 10 Things to Tell You. And that's why I wanted to do this episode with you because you're one of my oldest friends and you're someone I actually literally need to catch up with after five months of a pandemic. We are killing two quarantine birds with one stone. It's really easy to do because they're trapped inside. 
<laughs> they're trapped yes. inside. They're slowly dying. <laughs> they're slowly dying anyway. They're super easy to kill. Um, but yes, we could totally catch up and have a little chat with your friends at 10 Things to Tell You. So it works out perfectly. So I have five things to tell you and you have five things to tell me. We're going to go a little bit back and forth of just like major catch up whatever we're into. I will say listeners that I have a favorite things episode coming up and I already have a very solid list going for favorite things that I want to share with you. So the things I'm going to share today are less like actual things and more just like topics that I haven't really gotten to discuss much on the podcast, but I really want to talk about and I hope that you're also talking about. So I'm going to go first because... It's your show. You go first. (laughs) Because I share my stuff and I go first. That's the whole thing of the show. So you go first. Hashtag pre-order my book. Okay. (laughs) The very first thing that I want to tell you, and that I just want to sort of talk through a little bit because I didn't actually understand how much this was affecting me until I was journaling the other morning and I was just journaling out some general feelings. I was not feeling any particular way. And I realized, and this is the thing I'm telling, Okay, I have only seen, physically with my eyeballs, I have only seen five friends since early March. Oh my gosh. Well, yeah, that sounds right. And I'm like, I'm like trying to do a mental calculation in my own mind. I'm like, is that right for me too? I think that feels right for me too. And listen, I'm an introvert and... I like to be at home. I don't love parties. You know, I have other friends who have struggled a lot more with this than I have, you know, who struggled with this out the gate. It was really hard to quarantine. We did 11 weeks from when school shut down in early March until June 1st. We were here in Los Angeles and I saw no one. So that was almost three months of seeing no one. And I I was okay. I mean, I wasn't amazing. I'm not like saying it was like healthiest ever, but like at the time I was thinking, you know, there's some benefits to this shakeup of our world, our finding our priorities. And also, as I've already talked about on the show, I was working a ton in the spring. My book edits were due. Yes, I was like really buried in a lot of work. And so in some ways, kind of pandemic or not, Not that you can ever fully set aside the pandemic, but in some ways that would have been a season for me of just work and family, work and family. Mm -hmm. And so the friend piece wasn't like a gaping hole in my life. Also in the spring when this was all happening and everyone felt really discombobulated by the world changing, I feel like my friend group, several different friend groups, my mom friends here in Los Angeles, my longtime friends, people were a lot better communicating. Like we were really Mm. into communicating at the beginning. There was Zoom happy hours and there was, you know, a lot of check-in texts and boxes and how are you handling it? How are you holding up? What are you doing about school? There was a lot of like logistics and emotional communication happening in the spring, like a lot and almost too much to the point where I was actually a little overwhelmed with the um, (laughs) digital communication. (laughs) Yes, that's right. It was not enough to just have to like completely reorganize and reorder your life, but then suddenly you had to be on a screen with a camera on you uh, for many more hours than you ever had. Yes, I I relate to that so much. Yeah, it was crazy. Well, then in June 1, our family went to the lake 
which is on the other side of the country. It's something we do every single year. We were attempting to find some normalcy by doing that. Turns out, here's a spoiler alert, nowhere is normal. Yes, that's you, right. Even if you go to different regions that are handling the pandemic differently, you are still you. I still had all my same anxieties. We, of course, were not very social at all. We did see a few friends there, and that's in my count of five people mm. that I've seen. So I was seeing a few friends in our lake community that I you know, wasn't seeing any friends in LA, but still it was you know, still a very weird time. We stuck very close to home. So we came home from the lake and now five months later, it's really starting to hit me. A lot of communication with friends slowed down over the summer, which actually happens in my friends groups. Naturally, people are on vacations, people sure, are sure. having, you know, whatever they're having, lazier days. Yeah. And I'm lonely. Mm, yes. You know, again, I realize I'm delayed. A lot of people have had a lot of these feelings before, but it's it's a it's a deeper sort of loneliness because I feel like when is the end of this? When are we going to be able to socialize without having a fear? Yeah, I know. And even of the five friends that I've seen in five months, I haven't hugged any of them. Exactly. Yes. Yes. We haven't touched an arm for emphasis. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like we've had to sort of still be extra aware of one another, you know, like standing apart or not being inside. All of these interactions have been outside. Like it's not a casual, it's, we're not being casual with one another, how we would be. No, everybody's totally on guard and totally tuned in to the rules and respecting the rules and and each other and those types of things. It is completely bizarre, yes. And also what I wanted to say is it's not even about my personal loneliness, which has all these other things attached to it, introvertedness, anxiety, whatever. I feel like relationships are changing. Mm. Because you can see like that some people are handling the stress and even the rules, if you will, differently. Some people are looser. Some people are stricter. Some people are just not into digital communication at all. Some people are needy about their digital communication. Like all, there's so many factors at play with personality and how you handle things. And then like what relationships Maybe, I don't want to say fall away because I don't think this is permanent, but like when you haven't seen each other for months Mm -hmm. and months and months at a time and like, do you miss each other? I don't know. Maybe. (laughs) No, I know. It's just just shifting things, you know? I absolutely know. There's the changes in relationship dynamics, both within the, like whatever your little quarantine bubble is and outside of it. I mean, from a, just like a sociological, anthropological perspective, it is so interesting to see. But then on a personal level, it's like, yeah, I could do with less interesting and just more normal, please. That's, you know, I'd like to not be a test subject that people will study for decades to come, you know. Yeah, just like this thing of being under this constant stress. Some people are maybe discovering, I'm not as resilient as I thought I was. Or maybe you're discovering like, wait, I am way more resilient than I thought. But The fact that in such a condensed amount of time, in less than a calendar year, we have been squeezed down into like this most compact version of ourselves. And we're having to really sit with who that is, what that looks like, is really, really, it's revolutionary. It is 
I can't even imagine that there's been another time on this planet just like this, where people on an individual level have had to really face the truth of like, what is, what's going on in this inward life. I know I was talking to my mom a little bit about, I don't want to go too much on a tangent here, but generations ahead of me, my parents' generation and beyond, they appear to be less, I don't want to say stressed about the pandemic. How do I say this? They're like less concerned with like the social fabric of America and all of this kind of thing. And how can I doubt that? They lived through the 60s, the 70s, a real reckoning in time, like when a lot of things changed. And to them, this is not the uh, eye-opening human experience that like I feel like I'm experiencing. But I will say the difference between then and now is that because of social media, we see in real time everybody's personal thoughts and fears playing out before us. So it's not it's not a collective cultural revolution. Right. It's like an individual one. <laughs> right. That's absolutely right. Yes. Even though no matter how connected we may be to the bigger thing, the impact, all of us are feeling it in a very individual way. I totally agree with that. Okay. So that was, uh, that was the first thing I had to just tell you that I just, I'm watching my relationships. I don't want, they're not all changing by any means, please. I'm not being that dramatic about it, but I'm just, I'm watching my relationships. There just feels different. Everything feels different than it did Mm -hmm. you know, the beginning of the year when you just took for granted gatherings and mom stuff and friend stuff. And, you know, it's just, it was one way. And now you're like, oh, oh. Okay. So let's move on. What is the thing that you have to tell me? Is it less dire? (laughs) Oh my gosh, Laura, I feel like our list, and I don't know everything on your list, but I feel like it is a perfect microcosm of our friendship because you often bring like, okay, now we, and this is from the beginning, like when we met in early high school years, you're like, let's sit and talk and let's get into the deep stuff. And I'm like, I need to tell you about (laughs) this new thing I found. I love it, but I do need to tell you about this new thing. And I do love it. (laughs) I'm ready. I need to hear it. And I hope that it is less existential crisis. Oh, it's way. We're going all the way up to the surface. We're going to the shallow part of the pool. So everybody come up with me. I have actually found the perfect thing for wearing for your quarantine life. It is magic. It is, I'm calling it the magical Amazon jumpsuit. Now it does come from Amazon. Some people may have a quandary about buying clothes from Amazon. If you do, that's okay. If you don't, let me tell you everything. (laughs) This is called the Amazon, it's from Amazon Essentials. It's their, you know, sort of their store brand that they've developed. And it's the women's sleeveless scoop neck wide leg jumpsuit. Laura, it is the most comfortable item of clothing that I have ever put on my body. It is so soft and comfortable. It's like criminal. I cannot believe that you can wear this. I'm wearing it literally right now. I can't believe you can wear this and get away with wearing it out in public because it feels like you're wearing your pajamas. And I am a big fan of wearing pajamas. So what do you have? You have questions. (laughs) I do. I have questions. Okay. Well, okay. So I have tried a few Amazon clothes, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. not necessarily Amazon Essentials brand, Okay, but I have tried 
different things from Amazon, like when I needed like some cheapy thing before whatever. Mm -hmm. I feel like the quality is not there. Well, this, I'm going to tell you, the price point on this is like the highest priced one. And you know how Amazon's so weird with like different sizes and colors or cost different price points. The highest price point is $30. So yeah, this is not going to be a staple that you take through the next five years. I'm going to tell you that much right now. But for this moment, if you want something comfortable where you feel like, you know what, I'm going to get out of my pajamas today, but you still want to be as comfortable as when you're wearing your pajamas. This is so perfect. It's like the perfect transition for if you are getting to be released from quarantine and you are getting to go out into the world, but you're not quite ready to put on those itchy, like structured clothes, like jeans or, you know, jackets or whatever. This jumpsuit is for you. The thing is, that's so weird to me. And I just was talking about this on Sort of Awesome, the podcast. It's made out of rayon. It's like a rayon and elastane blend. If you would have asked me at any point prior to owning this, do you want a new piece of wardrobe that's made out of rayon? I would have given that a hard pass. I've not had good experiences with rayon being really comfortable in the past. I don't know what evolution rayon has gone through, but it is so comfortable. And it's just, it's got a tank style top. So it's really nice for summer wear. It's really gathered in at the waist, but the top is really blousy and forgiving if you have any sensitivities up top. And then speaking of sensitivities, it's it's cut wide leg. And so it genuinely just feels like you're floating through the day in the most comfortable thing. But you could, you could totally put on a nice statement necklace and maybe like a sandal with a little bit of a heel and some dangly earrings or whatever you want to do. And it looks like, oh, look, she's wearing a cute jumpsuit. But the secret is it's so comfy. And I love it so much. I saw it on our friend, Jessica Turner's stories on Instagram. And as soon as I saw it on there, I just like swiped up, went straight to Amazon and ordered it. I was like, you know, I think mine was like $24 or something. I was like, I'm willing to take a chance. Plus with Amazon, so easy to do returns. So I love it so much. I have it in the black right now. And I think I'm going to get another one. They have a really pretty green color that I think I'm going to try next. So... It does look really cute on you. And I can see that you've styled it with a necklace. And I love a jumpsuit romper thing. Like I, first of all, as established, I love a one-piece outfit. I like a dress because Mm -hmm. it's just one piece. Yes. Yeah. I can make all of the decisions around an outfit, like jewelry, shoes, hair, makeup, those parts of a look easy for me. I can do that in my sleep. I'll tell you what, multiple pieces to an outfit. Well, I just get, I just get befuddled. (laughs) I'm not lying. I really need, if I'm working an outfit, I really need like the foundational piece to be like one thing that's on my body and then I'll divvy around at other things. (laughs) You know what? Uh, You know, I love a dress too. I love dresses. I live in dresses and I never thought about it. And I'm not, you are way, way more gifted in the like style and outfit department than I am, but I never thought about it. I really do love just the simplicity of just like throw on a thing and you're good to go, whether it's just adding your shoes or whatever. I also forgot to mention this has pockets and they're nice deep pockets. Like you can totally fit your phone down into the pocket. These are for real pockets. And so that's a game changer too. So 
Yes, I love it. And like I said, I think it is actually, I say it jokingly, but I'm also not kidding. If you're really trying to get back into the swing of things, maybe you do have to go back into the office or maybe your kids are going to school on campus and you like have to think about, you know, like school drop off again and those types of things. And, but you really have been living in comfy, comfy clothes for so long. I'm not kidding. I think this is a really great transitional piece. So there's that. Okay. You're convincing me. And also this segues into my next one, which I was actually going to do a little bit further down my list, but I'm going to bump it up top because here we are talking about clothes and style. Here we go. It's not every day that you find a product that you truly love and want to shout about from the rooftops. Well, friends, I have found something that I am genuinely excited to share with you today, and that is Born Shoes. Born Shoes are made with the best top quality leather with functional stitching and flexibility. They are lightweight, but they're also supportive. They are great for all casual occasions, extremely comfortable, and especially good for travel. The brand recently gifted me a pair of the Ithaca style sandals. Of course, they are beautiful. The footbed has extra foam for added comfort and with a slight heel for lift. I am positive that I could walk all over London in this pair of shoes, just like I did in my Born Sandals last summer. Born Shoes offers sandals, flats, boots, and heels in several styles and color choices. Take comfort in Born Shoes. Every season, they make high-quality shoes that feel as good as they look. With artistic touches, unparalleled craftsmanship, and exquisite materials, Born designs shoes to satisfy the demands of every lifestyle. Go to bornshoes.com for a 15% discount plus free ground shipping on all full-price shoes when you use my promo code TELL. That's born, B-O-R-N, shoes, S-H-O-E-S, dot com and use promo code TELL, T-E-L-L, for 15% off and free shipping, available exclusively to our listeners for a limited time. With sunshine, outdoor activities, and so many fun things to do outside, it is impossible not to enjoy all of these good weather days up ahead. Of course, we all know that more sun and fun means more sweating and, yes, more odor. That's why I'm excited to tell you about Lumi. Lumi is the first of its kind in the full-body deodorant world and is seriously safe to use on any and every part of your body. It was created by an OBGYN who saw firsthand how regular body odor was being misdiagnosed and mistreated. I especially love that Lumi deodorant is baking soda and paraben-free. It is also pH-balanced for safe use on all areas of your body. You can choose from a variety of fresh scents like clean tangerine, lavender sage, and toasted coconut. Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice, like a mini body wash or deodorant wipes, and free shipping. As a special offer for listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code U at lumideodorant.com. That equates to 40% off your starter pack when you visit Lumi, L-U-M-E, deodorant, D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T, Dot com and use code U Y O U. Okay, I'm ready. I feel like I have officially abandoned high heels. Oh, good. It's not good for you, maybe. You, f- I feel like there's some conflictedness. No, I think this is growth. Oh, I really did. Okay. Now, nobody hold me to this. I do have to go to <laughs> like events. You know, uh-uh. sometimes like 
special nope. events. The Instagram detectives are going to be on this. They will call you out in the comments. Laura, you're wearing heels. How dare you? How very dare you? I know. I like, I'm so hesitant to make any kind of proclamation, <laughs> but I do have to do events several times a year and I will wear heels to those things for fancy things. I just, you know, I don't know, call me like the anti-feminist, but I will. But I will. But here's the difference. Here's why it's like a major mind shift. And I've been going this way for a few years, but this summer, probably quarantine wear because I've been in sweatpants for months. But usually I spend good money on nice heels. Like I care a lot about beautiful heels, but I only wore those a few times. I would kind of cheap out on my daily footwear and just not care so much about it. Or if I if I didn't buy it inexpensively, then I would like run it to the ground. You know, I wouldn't replace it or treat it that nice or, you know, whatever, because it was just like daily flat, you know, flip-flops or... Totally, yes. You know, any that kind of just like daily whatevs wear. Well, I've sort of shifted my mindset as I've stopped wearing heels and because I just, it's hard for me to stomach spending so much money on these nice things that I think are pretty and sparkly in the store. But then I really like, unless it's for a very specific event that I know I'm going to wear them to, they really just like languish in the closet. It's sort of the difference between when you buy a fancy dress, which maybe you need it, versus like spending money on good jeans. When you're going to wear the jeans like twice Mm. a week. Yes. Yeah. Don't cheap out on the jeans that you're going to wear all the time that are going to make an outfit look better than cheap jeans that are going to make your rear end look better than cheap jeans. Like invest in the freaking jeans. Invest in the jeans and then rent the runway or whatever. Like, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm sort of doing this with footwear and, and sort of like changing that up. So I have been, I'm not saying I have bought like very expensive footwear, but I did. I bought, I bought like a nice designer pair of sandals that were flat Mm-hmm. And I spent good money on them. And I will tell you, I feel now I haven't had very much occasion to get dressed <laughs> in the last <laughs> in the last few months. But like I had my birthday and you That's know right. Yes. I totally get that. Yeah. I have found a happy medium. And as I was talking about this, I also thought of another thing I had to tell you, but it's not on my list of five, but it may come up anyway. I'm just going to throw it into my actual, this is supposed to be my style thing I'm telling you, and this isn't, but it's tangent. So I'm going to say it. Okay. Another thing I'm done with, this is big. Are you ready? Tell me everything. I think I'm done with the Real Housewives franchise. (gasps) And we talk about growth. This is huge. This is a... Not just a step. This is like a giant leap for Laura Kind. What happened? So I've had this like sort of rhythm and routine for, I, I would say years now, since my children have been in school pretty much, where I work in the morning for a few hours and then I take my break to eat lunch in my kitchen and have a TV in my kitchen. And I'm usually in non-pandemic time, home alone. And I eat my lunch and watch Real Housewives. Mm-hmm. I watch Real Housewives of Atlanta, of Beverly Hills, and of New York. Those are the only three I watch, but there's always so many episodes all the time, and I usually don't even get through a whole episode in my little lunch break. And 
it's like a total rhythm for me. It's a comfort habit. I'm like eating a sandwich. I'm walking between the Real Housewives. It's just like how I have truly structured my day. Mm-hmm. Yes. My work, at, my work at home day for literally years. And once you get out of a, you're, we're forced out of a habit or like forced out of a thing. We realize, oh, maybe I didn't really need that. Or there's something better for me than this thing that I was just doing out of habit. Well, because in the spring, especially this started in the spring, when my kids were home every single day, I didn't watch TV when I was eating my lunch because there was people there and I had to make other people lunches and I don't watch Real Housewives around my children because it's terrible messaging for my daughter. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I agree. It's okay for me, but it's (laughs) terrible for her. Yeah. Anyway, so I, I got out of the habit and then when I tried to pick it back up sort of recently kind of craving a comfort of a routine, yeah. and, but I had been away from it for four months or whatever. And I turned it on and I was like, this is, it's not that I didn't know the show was done before. And that it, to me, I watch it almost exclusively for like the eye candy of the outfits and the, especially the LA oh, one, yeah. like what they're doing in LA or whatever. Yeah. Suddenly after a season of where we've binge watched some things and I'm not a huge TV watcher in general, but there's so much good TV being mm, made. Right. Like so much, like good TV coming out of our eyeballs. Like it is so much good TV that when you turn on bad TV, you're like, I could be watching an episode of something else. Right. I absolutely understand. I really do. I, I also want to can just, I really want to pause and recognize the huge shift this is for you. You've watched Real Housewives as long as I can remember even us, you know, talking about these kinds of things, reality TV and whatever. So I know. And also like, there's a lot to be said about Real Housewives in general. And if it's vapid or if watching reality TV is entertainment, that's fine. Like, you know, it's not affecting us or is it? I mean, there's a whole, like, there's a million things we could talk about and just, we could do a whole episode about Real Housewives. I mean, seriously. And listen, I'm the, you're talking to the person who had sworn off on every feminist ideological principle within me to never watch The Bachelor or The Bachelorette ever. And then in the past, like, I don't know, four seasons of it, I started watching it again. And I was like, this is highly entertaining. <laughs> so I understand both sides of this discussion for sure. To give ourselves like more grace around the ebb and flow of this conversation, because I can also see a person in the middle of um, quarantine, indefinitely quarantine, really like sinking into a bunch of trashy TV. Yeah. Yeah. And that being something to binge or that's being something that's a comfort. Like I would absolutely see that side of it too. It is an ebb and flow of our taste and where we are. And, what, and for me, because I don't watch very much TV at all, and I just have this weird reality TV habit for lunchtime. But then during this time, I've watched some quality TV that I talked about back on an episode earlier in the summer, just because it was something we were doing as a family. I've just taken in entertainment more than I have. And it is what, that's what made me realize like, oh, this little thing I do on the side, it really highlighted for me that what Real Housewives isn't what I want to be spending 30 minutes on. Can I tell you a direct correlative and then we can move on? But I have to tell you this really quickly. This is sort of a bonus too. Over quarantine, I have, Laura, I'm 100% serious about this. I have kicked 
my Diet Coke habit for real this time. I know. I see your face. I know. This has been an, the on-again, off-again relationship of my life. I also feel like you're subtly trying to shame me. I know. No one's shaming anybody. I know there's a Dr. Pepper shortage going on right now, and I know it probably strikes fear in your heart. This is a true fact, though. Kyle and I had gotten so bad, I mean, like six cans a day or more, and we finally were like, we have to stop. So this time, what we did was immediately replaced it with something that we both enjoyed. It's um, Topo Chico mineral water. Do you guys have this in LA, Topo Chico? Never even heard of that. It is mineral water from Mexico. It's We definitely have it in Oklahoma, Texas. I know like our friend Knox McCoy, they're in Alabama. He drinks it. So I think it's mostly sort of like in the South-ish areas of the country. Anyway, it's sparkling water, but it has like just enough like salty mineral taste to be more interesting than regular water. And Laura, this is how I know, I really think this is it for me. And it's, again, I'm comparing it to your Real Housewives thing. I did have a Diet Coke like a couple of weeks ago. And for the first time in my life, when I took that first sip, instead of being like, oh my gosh, I love you. This is so good. and so comforting and it's exhilarating. It tasted like a mouthful of chemicals. And I was like, I don't even know who I am anymore. I'm going to pull over on the side of the road and have a moment with myself because I never thought I would get to this day, but I don't crave it anymore. When I actually had it, I didn't like it. I think that attachment, I think it's gone from my life. Now, listen, IG detectives, you can hold me to that. If you see me drinking a Diet Coke on the social media, why would I do that? I don't know, but you can totally call me out. (laughs) I'm trying to be happy for you. (laughs) I mean, we can't even talk about this because I absolutely know that I have to release my Dr. Pepper addiction, but I don't want to. No, I get it. I do. I understand. You have to want to kick a habit. You have to want to. You really do. For me, I'm one of those people that I just, I cannot be the person who could drink one at lunch every day. Or when, you know, like if I, you know, for if when I go out to eat with friends, if that ever is a thing we get to do again, I cannot be that person. I genuinely do have an addiction problem with it where if I drink one, then I am buying a case at Sam's for myself. (laughs) So anyway. Okay. Well, I'm actually glad that we took those bonus tangents. I'm sure it will be helpful for someone else to hear how you kicked your diet. I don't know whose turn it is because we because we went up. I think it's your turn. It's mine. Yes, because you're just talking about the real housewives and releasing that attachment. All right. I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna tell you something the opposite. I've taken up a new attachment. It's something that you have there's two things on my list, and this is the first of the two where you have really paved the way for me. And this is my new obsession with all things true crime. So many years ago, when serial a podcast some of you may have heard of, came out with their first season and it was all about the Adnan Sayed case. I remember you and I and our friends, Jamie and Andy, had gathered together at Christmas and you were, you guys had all listened and, and were talking all about it. I wasn't listening because I, Laura, was taking the moral high road of being like, oh, that's so distasteful to talk about. This girl was murdered and there's all this, you know, and people are using it as entertainment and all of these things. Well, I promptly, after that get together, discovered how to listen to podcasts and completely listened to the whole thing. And even at that time, I still was a little bit squeamish 
niche about true crime. In fact, when you were on Sort of Awesome way back in 2016, we did an episode, it was episode 42, talking all about true crime, where I just like gave you the whole thing and it was like, tell us everything that we need to know about true crime. And, and you've loved it since you were like a kid. And so you spent some time talking to us about that. So, but I remained a little bit standoffish about it. I don't know what has happened to me during quarantine. I think it is because I have actually started listening to some podcasts that are more true crime focused, but they're still funny, like true crime obsessed, obsessed with disappeared. They're talking about crimes, but they're, it's also humor podcast, which I am the person that's like, how can people talk about murder and it's entertaining? And then I'm listening to comedy true crime podcasts now. So anyway, it's sort of like, I came to appreciate the fact, and I know this is something you've done for a long time, that not all, but a lot of true crime discussion and true crime media really does try to center the victim and their story and like what happened and or really trying to either take down the perpetrator or, you know, tell all of the terrible things about it. It's really not a glorification so much as it's more like an examination of people and humans and their lives and those types of things. But I knew that I, my obsession had reached a new height or depth. I don't know which way to go on this. I knew that I had really changed when I found myself the other night, I couldn't go to sleep. So I opened up one of my favorite subreddits, which is called Unresolved Mysteries. And what they do on that particular subreddit is people, Redditors will like pick cases that are either local to them. Maybe it happened in their family. Maybe they saw a newspaper clipping and they became fascinated with it. And they will type up these really long rundowns of the whole case like tra tracing the whole case from start to finish. I found myself opening up that subreddit so I could find a true crime case to read about while I fell asleep. And I, I had that moment again of being like, who even am I? This never would have happened a few years ago, but here I am. Okay, well, first of all, I feel like we're trading places in all <laughs> things because <laughs> I was, I've been into true crime way before it was cool. Uh -huh, it's like- yes. There's very few things in life I could say that about, but I can say that. Yeah. I've been into true crime since I was a child, and I have a lot of theories about why people get into true crime, but I have sort of really stepped away from it mm. in the last two or three years, maybe. Now, I have a lot of theories on why I stepped away from it too. I do think that people find a very strange, this is a strange phenomenon, but it's real. I'm not making this up. Comfort in yes. hearing about crime. Mm -hmm. And I completely relate to falling asleep to it. Jeff and I did this for years. We, we don't as much anymore, maybe once a month, but we, we used to also completely fall asleep to that show, First 48. Well, we had a few yeah. shows that we liked, but that was our main one. I just want to explain that a little bit more if you haven't heard this theory about being attracted to crime as a source of comfort and safety, although it seems like it should be the opposite. Women in particular seek out these stories, not because they enjoy hearing about someone else's pain, but because it, they feel armed mm. with information Yes, that they would be able to help themselves if it happened to them. Yes. They also feel there's a, like a psychological kind of phenomenon of thinking that when you hear these really worst case things, this is what, why a lot of people are attracted to all kinds of bad things, horror and whatever. It can have the opposite effect that you anticipate. It, it almost like diminishes your anxiety mm -hmm. yes. or your, your deep underlying fear or uh, if you experienced a trauma or something. And I'm not putting everyone in a box. There's, this is 
this is a big conversation and lots of things can be at play here, but that you seek out some of these darker things, it kind of quells your own stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I know for a fact that when I was in the hardest parts of my anxiety, you know, depression, all of that kind of thing, that I, that was when I really looked for like the worst true crime stuff, like really got into serial murders, serial killers. Yeah. And there's a direct tie there that I didn't always like I didn't make that connection for until years after. Now, I understand that there's a lot of, that doesn't have to be that deep. Yeah. I like, I really do understand there's sort of an entertaining quality to some of the stuff that's being put, put out there. And this is actually exactly when I started to step away from it. Used to true crime stuff was like low quality. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the books, the TV shows, the documentaries, like they were all like, it was not top notch. When I started to feel like, I don't know that I love this is when it became sort of more, it became like the prestige TV or documentary or prestige podcast or whatever it is, is when is the first time that I got squeaky about it being packaged as entertainment Mm -hmm. before when I was taking it all in. When it was low quality entertainment, I felt more like I was a detective on the case. (laughs) That is fascinating. When it became like made by HBO or whatever with like beautiful graphics and everything, that I that's when I'll admit, not to shame you in any way, but that's when I'll admit that I started to feel it started to feel exploitative to me. Mm -hmm. Sure. I get it. I do. But that said. When people, when there's like a huge true crime podcast that everybody's listening to or, a, you know, Making a Murderer came out, which was terrible, by the way. I have no Super problem saying yeah. how bad yeah, that yeah, doc yeah. was. Yeah. Anyway, when there's like a big zeitgeisty true crime thing, I'm not so high-minded that I won't listen to it or watch it. I t- yeah. absolutely will because I care about that kind of conversation. I want to be part of it. But I no longer fall asleep to it like I did for many, many years. So I don't judge you at all. I totally get it. I don't I don't know why it's like a weirdly soothing thing. I know. I, I know. And I, I only bring it up because, again, first of all, I was the one on the sort of moral high horse for a long time about it. And now I'm more like, oh, my gosh, I actually totally get it. But I do think it just kind of ties back into the thing of like all of us are discovering and coping. I think that's it. Coping with the situation we find ourselves in in ways that we maybe never would have expected. And for me, that's my newfound true crime obsession. I have not been alone in my home for months, (laughs) which means, friends, that one of the things that this introverted gal is doing to cope and stay sane is putting on my wireless earbuds and getting a great podcast going, maybe an audiobook, sometimes even music. I highly recommend getting quality Bluetooth earbuds as a way to drown out noise and get into your own space. But before you drop hundreds of dollars on a pair, check out wireless earbuds from Raycon. Raycon's earbuds start at about half the price of other premium earbuds on the market, and they are so comfortable and secure. I'm actually wearing mine right now. I have been wearing them for 
hours as I edit this podcast. They haven't bugged me once. Their design is such a nice noise isolating fit in my ear. I have in their newest model, the Everyday E25 earbuds. The sound is amazing. They have six hours of playtime and seamless Bluetooth pairing. I paired them in seconds with both my phone and my laptop. Now is the time to get the latest and greatest from Raycon. I also think these would make a great gift. Get 15% off your order at buyraycon.com slash you, Y-O-U. That's buyraycon.com slash you for 15% off Raycon wireless earbuds. Buyraycon.com slash you. Now back to the show. All right. Well, I didn't realize this when I made my list, but genuinely a lot of this stuff is Y'all know that I love to play games on my phone to unwind, and I am always looking for a new one to download. And I recently ran across Two Dots, and I want to tell you about it. Two Dots is a free-to-download puzzle-based game that involves connecting dots through relaxing puzzles while unlocking levels and collecting prizes along the way. There are different gameplay modes to make the experience unique and exciting with every single puzzle. There are over five thousand distinct puzzles with various power-ups and special dots ready to earn as you move through the levels. The in-app music and visually stimulating interface provide a soothing experience when you just want to relax and unwind. Not only is Two Dots free to download, but it can also be played without internet connection. So playing on the go offline is a breeze. And if you don't want to play alone, you can challenge your friends on Facebook as well as connect with the larger Two Dots community for even more engagement. If you're looking for the perfect game to help you relax but also keep you engaged, download Two Dots for free on Android and iOS. Just developments that have happened during quarantine. So one thing that has happened is that I launched a second podcast. <laughs> Not you are planned. crazy pants. I know. I mean, we have five kids. We're running businesses out of our home. Why not add a new project? I don't really even know how far to trace this back except to say that, so Sort of Awesome, the podcast has existed since 2015. And this past, I want to say it was sort of like maybe February, March-ish. I want to say it was right before quarantine happened when we were still living normal lives. My husband, we were talking about Sort of Awesome and like what directions, because I know what it was. We were coming up on the five-year anniversary of Sort of Awesome and, you know, talking about, do am I going to keep doing this? How far into the future do we see this? We we're just talking about the podcast industry in general. And so my husband, who by personality type is an INTJ and an Enneagram 5, so he loves to do a deep dive. He was just like, you know what? I'm just going to like figure out the podcasting industry. <laughs> So he like went through the Apple podcast, like top, he was, I think he looked at like the top 50 and like listened to different shows and like did all this research and reading all of that to say, he was like, let's try, what if we did a podcast, just us, which Kyle has been, my husband, Kyle has been on sort of awesome a handful of times and it's always been fun to have him on the show, but sort of awesome is inherently a girlfriend chat show. So it always felt like a little bit, you know, we didn't want to sprinkle his voice in there too much. So we started talking about what if we did something daily? Because Kyle is not really a podcast listener, but he's a huge, huge YouTube watcher, has watched YouTube, has his favorite channels, has watched YouTube for years and years and years. He keeps it kind of on in the background while he's working and it just kind of clicks through. And so a lot of his favorite YouTubers do daily releases. And he thought, you know, what if we tried this in the podcast industry? What would that look like? So again, I'm condensing a big, long story down into a 
uh, trying to make it a little bit more concise, we launched a podcast called Awesome Today. So on Sorta Awesome, we're talking about, you know, like what's awesome in life, trying to bring the awesome things to the surface, whether that's through fun things or even in, in difficult times. But awesome today, we thought would be fun just to have a total casual conversation. So he took over as the producer of this. He like had the vision for it. He does all of the background research. Literally all I do is just sit down and record with him and he takes it from there, which Laura, that's the most, that is like, I'm like living my dream life with that. I love being on mic, but the rest of production stuff, I hate, well, I don't, I shouldn't say I hate it, but it gets old after a while. It's very, very time consuming. So his concept for the show is so fun. It's for every single day. He looks up just interesting, weird, fun, thoughtful facts about something that happened in history on that day. And he'll have a list of anything from like five to 10 things. And of course, we always end up telling side stories from our own lives. I'm not a very funny person, but my husband is freaking hysterical. And so his stories are always very amusing. And we just put it out there for people to literally, our goal, because we as a longtime podcast creator, I know many people put on their podcast and just listen in the background while they're running errands or they're doing dishes or folding laundry. And we actually created this really just to be that. We're just keeping you company for some chunk of your day. But here is this, I've never actually even articulated this out loud, the, one of the driving factors behind it. A few years ago, it was actually right before our twins were born. So our twins are seven. So this was more than a few years ago, <laughs> a number of years ago. Kyla and I went out to dinner to have kind of like one last big dinner out before our twins arrived. And we were sitting there and it occurred to me like, I have nothing to talk about to bring to this conversation that doesn't involve our kids, which that's fine. When you're married and you're doing family life together, of course, you're going to talk about your kids a lot. But I was like, I, I just, in that moment, I felt so uninteresting and like that as an extrovert or somebody who loves to make conversation, who loves the back and forth of conversation, I felt really sort of depleted of that part of myself. And that, that again, that happened years ago. And so when we started creating this, this came on the heels of Kyle and I for years now, I've had a daily practice of sitting down together and just talking. Sometimes we bring an actual topic to the table, a news piece that we saw or something that's happening in our family, or sometimes it is kid stuff or, you know, like whatever we're into. And we just sit and we have a dedicated time every day. And the and Awesome Today kind of has that feel to it. And what I'm hearing from people who are listening to it, which makes my heart so happy, is people are like, oh, I brought this up to my husband or I was telling my friend about this. And it's like kind of giving people a little bit of a conversation starter with these weird, strange, bizarre, or like I said, maybe historically important things that we're talking about. It gives people like a little conversation fodder, I guess is what I'm saying. I could have saved everybody a lot of words and time just by saying that, but it feels really full circle to me that this was an area of my life that I, and just to be clear, Kyla didn't say anything like you've become real boring or anything like that. It was an inward realization of how easy it is to kind of deprive yourself of having the the input in your life that makes for interesting conversation, if that makes any sense. And so it feels very fulfilling. Now, working with my husband, we uh, again, we've been, we've been married for 22 years. We know each other really well. But for him to like step into my industry and like do the things that I've been doing for five years has been, a, there have been a little bit of like maybe some growing pains, some, you know, like, 
okay, so you're going to do it that way. He doesn't really edit at all. And as you know, I am a needlessly meticulous editor. (laughs) So that really bothered me that he was like, no, people don't care. They just like to hear people talking. So like that, you know, conversations around that have been a big change for me, but it's been really fun. I don't know how long we'll keep doing it. Maybe we'll keep going and going with it. Maybe as life returns to normal, we won't be able to keep doing it. But for now, to rise to the challenge of putting out daily content, which is something I never dreamed I would have had the capacity to do. I mean, talk about growth. It has felt like a real stretching of myself, both professionally and in some ways personally, and been pretty great. Okay, but wait, I need to back up to the part about you and Kyle have dedicated time every single day where you talk about a topic? Well, it's not always like, there's not always like a pre-planned topic. It's really just kind of like what is on our mind? What's on, what's on my mind? What's on his mind? So we do this every day after the market closes. My husband's a financial advisor. So after the market closes every afternoon, we'll brew a cup of coffee or grab a drink of some kind. And we do, we just sit down and like kind of debrief on the day. So Yes, naturally there's some kid stuff thrown in, but like if I'm reading a book that I'm super excited about, I'll tell him about that. More often than not, I'm telling him about a podcast that I love. He might be telling me again about like a YouTube thing. So, but yeah, it's definitely just like a download, a debrief of the day. And we've done this for years. Yeah. I feel like Jeff and I do this on accident sometimes. Like we just both end up in the kitchen. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we end up having a really good conversation about some kind of current event or some kind of thing, but it's not a dedicated time. And after we do it, whether it's 10 minutes or 30 minutes, I always do feel like more connected to him or I feel like, oh, like that was kind of fun to talk about a random news item or something that would probably never come up just in our regular communication with each other. Yes. And Jeff and I spend a lot of time together, even pre-pandemic, we spend a lot of time together, but I hear you in that in some ways I feel like we talk about the same things over and over Mm, mm -hmm. and it would be nice to be a little bit more intentional about how do you feel about this random thing right yeah versus you know we sort of have some real well-worn grooves about our families of origin our kids politics You know, we have some sort of things we always kind of hit on, but whenever something new and random comes into the conversation, it's a different, like, oh, I would have never thought you would have thought about that or, Mm, yeah, you know what I mean? Definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally do. Um, Okay. I hate to be a podcast tease because I have this thing that I wanted to talk to you about, but I'm going to bump it to the favorite things episode, which will be in a couple of weeks because I have found a new tool, a new scheduling task manager tool. I'm so excited to hear that myself. So that's a great tease. It really has changed my summer because I had to get my act together. I hired an assistant and I couldn't just like throw everything at her in the messy way that it was. So I had, I've spent the summer actually setting up systems, setting up schedules, automating some of my tasks for for podcast, social media work. And I had to find a tool to do that. Google Calendar, Google Docs was not working for what I was trying to do. Mm-hmm. I found this tool. It might have changed my work life. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I'm going to demand you tell me when we're off mic. I can't I, wait. I cannot wait for the next episode. All right. Well, I and I will talk more about that on episode 80, which is going to be favorite things. That's in two weeks, everybody. Okay. But what I did want to tell you, like truly friend to friend, what I've been meaning to tell you is this summer, I spent some time with my parents. I love my parents. We're very close because of the 
pandemic, I had not seen them since Christmas, which was, we went about seven months, which is the longest that we've ever gone. They usually managed to come out to California every few months to see my kids and to see me. But I managed to see them this summer, spend some time with them. And a few different things happened. I don't know what sort of changed the tide here because I never, ever would have thought my dad would say yes to this. But on a whim, I asked my dad if I could record with him a private recording, not for public, just for our own family history's sake or whatever, if he could just like basically tell me his life story. Oh, wow. I love that. My dad is 77. He grew up in really difficult circumstances. And because of that, we don't know much, like as his children, because there's a lot of, there's some pain there and and there's some hard stories there. I don't know much about his early life. And so this is why I thought he would never, you know, say yes to this. Yeah. But he agreed right away. And we, we sat down over several hours and we didn't even get all the way through because our visit together ended, but we, on a few different days, I think we did three different days or four and sat down for, you know, an hour or so at a time. Cause this does get very tiring, Sure, but yeah. he let me ask every question. Oh, and wow. We basically started with like, I was born in 1943. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. we, and you know, he shared stuff. It wasn't all vulnerable stuff, by the way. Some of it was just like factual things I didn't even know Mm. uh, just about his growing up period because I just didn't know anything. And so some of it was just uh, like fascinating to me. Like I was like, dad, I didn't even know that that's what your school situation was like or, you know, any of these things. And we just talked and I recorded it and I'm going to edit it because I know how to edit it, but this won't be for public. This will just be for our family. And I cannot tell you how happy I am to have recorded him doing it. Yes. The reason I wanted to tell you about it or you know tell friends about it is because we lost a family member. Jeff's brother died a few years ago and he was a big personality and a great storyteller and one of the things that we talked about is I you know we wished that we had had him on camera sort of talking very specifically. You know like you end up with your family members on camera a little bit. Do you know what I mean? But I wish we'd almost like done like an interview style thing. And um, Jeff and I have said this about other people in our life, living or not, that we just really wish that we'd ask specific questions or had them tell these stories on camera or whatever. But doing it with just a microphone, which I was equipped to do, obviously from podcasting, taking the video element out of it for people who are not used to being in front of a camera or talking, telling their story, being vulnerable. Yeah being asked questions. I think when you remove the video element of it, people are, are more relaxed. Oh yes, definitely. Mm -hmm. Like I even would be definitely Mm -hmm. more relaxed. And so of course you're removing the video element. So you don't get to see your loved one's face, but hearing their voice telling these stories, I cannot tell you like after just the first hour, Mm -hmm. I called Jeff and said, we have to do this with everyone. We have to do this with your parents, maybe even with each other. You know, maybe it doesn't have like a ominous when you're gone tone to it. It does not have to have that. Just getting people to talk and share, especially of a certain generation. I just, I cannot tell you, like, it was amazing. That is so, so incredible. Yeah. I felt so close to him. I felt like there were things explained. And again, not all of this was like, 
deep and complicated or whatever, just like things about his personality or about maybe the way he parented. Cause we ended up talking about his parents, like all these different dots were connected having spent a few very intentional hours talking about my dad only. You know, it wasn't a conversation. It wasn't a back and forth. I mean, I did interject and ask questions, but there was no like nicety of like, oh, you're going to share something. Now I'm going to share something. No, having a person, all the focus is on them. Just be like, just tell me about you. Tell me how you felt. Tell me how it was for you to live in the 50s. Mm-hmm. Because I asked him about like cultural things and was it scary? Was it, how did you feel about the portrayal of what the 50s nuclear family looks like to us now? Is that how it really felt to you in extreme poverty in Oklahoma? You know, like we talked, so we talked about him and his own story, but we also talked about bigger picture, like sort of historical things. You guys, it is fascinating to hear your parents speak of these things. Maybe they feel differently about the civil rights movement or feminism or, you know, the 80s oil boom. (laughs) Maybe they feel differently about those things now than they felt then. And maybe some of those things feel like, oh, I don't want to know how you felt about it then. What if it's not great? Mm -hmm. Everybody's a grown up here. Hearing my dad talk about some of these things that I almost, I honestly had been maybe nervous to ask him. It was it was absolutely incredible. He is wise. He is thoughtful. His perspective on it is so, so interesting. And I just, I cannot be more grateful that I'm doing this project. I like literally want everybody to do it. Even clearly if you're not a podcaster, I just want everyone to buy a microphone and do this. Well, I'll tell you what, even if you don't have a microphone, if you have a smartphone, the voice memo app, it'll do. I mean, it's, it's, perfectly fine for getting the voice down. I've used it in many applications. And I love this, Laura. That is so incredible. Um, Your dad is an exceptional man and he has an incredible story. And I can only imagine the things that he unlocked and unpacked as you guys were talking were really, really something special. So I love that. But I love the encouragement to just do it. You know, Kyle's dad passed away seven years ago, suddenly out of the blue. It hurts my heart so much that my, especially for my kids, that we don't have it just for our own, you know, being able to remember Um, and enjoy, you know, you forget what somebody's voice sounds like so much more quickly than you would hope. I have, I have kicked myself that I deleted voicemails from him that I could have at least Mm. heard his voice, but to have my children, especially the twins who are four months old when he passed away for them to get to experience this man that they're named after would have been so incredible. So I'm, I'm encouraging people to do it from the other side of somebody being gone unexpectedly and wishing that we had that. If you have people in your life that are important and meaningful to you right now, do it right now. And you will not regret it. I know you would not regret it for one minute that you have this collection of stories, however you record it. That's right. And you don't have to do like, obviously, because this is my passion in life is to have these types of conversations and to record them. And I interview people regularly. So that's a skill set I have. It doesn't have to be this whole, you don't have to embark upon this whole big project, like I'm describing it. I think if you just did on your phone, like you said, voice memo, or if they're comfortable video and just ask, a parent or a spouse or a whoever, just ask them one question. Like just what was the best birthday you ever had? Mm, mm -hmm. Um, Let's, I mean, there's, I could, 
come up with a bunch of questions. I feel like maybe I should do this as a challenge. Honestly, I feel so into it to just be like, it doesn't have to be a whole documentary start when you were born, even though that's what I did. It can really just be like, like I, one of the things I talked to my dad about was um, about when he met my mom and when they were sort of dating and, and what he liked about her in that time. Now, every family, you know, my parents have been married 53 years. A lot of families have sort of like a very glossed over version of their parents' early story, like how they met, why they decided to get married, whatever. There's sort of like a two minute version of that, that everybody knows, but to really dig in on it and be like, what did you like about her? He told me about their first date. He told me just how he thought about my mom then. And, and then we laughed about, you know, how, how things like changed or never changed or whatever, you know, it was just, but I've never asked my dad that, like, what did you think about mom when you were dating her? Mm-hmm. You, why did you marry her as opposed to this girl that he had dated seriously before her? Like all of these things, I just was like, this is, I've never asked you this. Yeah. I'm 41 years old. And I just accepted whatever story you get from your parents of like, we met, we got married. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. So like you could ask your, your parent or your whoever, you could just ask them one specific question and then, you know, maybe do it occasionally and just around the holidays. What was, yeah. what were the holidays like when you grew up mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. or whatever? I don't know. I feel like I could just talk about this on and on because it's just been so mind blowing to me. I felt very close to my dad. I felt like I knew a lot about my dad and this was like a whole different level. It really was. And I feel like he, we both felt bonded over the conversation because when you reveal yourself to someone, you're sort of bonded to them in a different way. And also again, of a certain generation, especially maybe they've never been asked. Oh yeah. Yeah. And sometimes people want to tell their story and especially as they age and they're like nostalgic or whatever, but like at a certain point in your life, when you're in your seventies, no one asks you how you felt when you were a teenager. Right. That's so true. Yeah. Anyway, it was, it was amazing. And I've just gone on and on about it. And I, like, now that I'm even talking it through with you, I'm like, oh, I should like, I should like build a challenge around this because I want everybody to do it. <laughs> yes. Yes. I think it is important enough to do that for sure. Okay. I know that you have a big thing. Well, it feels big to me because I care about this sort of thing, but something yes. else you want to share. Yes. This is another, this is the second thing that I really has come into my life because of you. And unlike a true crime obsession, which is questionably healthy, um, this is so, so, so good. And this is one of those situations where you were further down the path than I was and kind of like dropping clues and leaving breadcrumbs along the way. And to tie back to what we were talking about earlier, this is one of those things where I didn't, I wasn't able to accept it until I was ready for it. So something else that's happened kind of in the past year, we did have a a baby. Um, He's a year old now. And as life happens, you know, you have a baby, you kind of shift out of your routines and you kind of are in that fog. As I came out of the fog, as it got closer to his first birthday, I kind of woke up and realized like, I have totally not been really in tune with my work, my business, but also the work that I do like with Sort of Awesome, with our community, those types of things. And also I felt really, really stuck. 
like I could see in full technicolor what the problems and what the issues were, but I did, I did not have a path for like how to move forward with this. And I'd really been sitting with that for weeks and weeks and weeks and really just kind of spiraling into some really negative thoughts and feelings about my work and if it should continue and blah, blah. I kept feeling on an intuitive level, which I'm not super great at listening to my intuition. I'm, I'm actually really unpracticed in listening to my intuition and also believing that my intuition will tell me the right thing. And so I kept remembering that years ago, like maybe five years ago, you gave me and actually everyone in our little group of friends a book by Jensen Chera, which I'm sure lots of people have heard of. It's very mainstream now um, called You Are a Badass. I've held on to it this whole time. And I just kept thinking, I maybe I need to go revisit that book because I feel like I need some badass level energy to figure out how to get unstuck. Oh my gosh, Laura, I feel like I'm having an intuition revolution in my life. I really like what Jen says. I know that not she doesn't land for everybody. I understand that. I need that kind of straightforward, candid, no BS, tell it like it is stuff. Um, I need that kind of delivery. And so everything from like getting clarity on what it is I want to do with my life, what I want, what I want to see happen in my work to things like she takes down some excuses that people have. Like I just simply don't have enough time. She said something so impactful to me about time and I don't have it in front of me, but she basically was like, you don't have enough time because you don't respect time in your life. So time is not going to create itself for you. You're not ever going to have access to the time you need when your life, when you show by your actions over and over and again, that you don't respect time. And I was like, holy Moses needed that actual gut punch of truth. And that's just one eye opener for me. It has been successively chapter after chapter, like this is the message I needed to hear at this moment. You gave me that book probably five years ago, years ago, let's say that. I needed that message. Now I had to move into a space where I was so stuck, but also still had just enough of wanting to get unstuck that I was finally ready to receive this epiphany, really. And so now I'm looking at things um, in terms of, and you and I have always talked about the importance of energy and energy. Like I think about energy a lot on mic and other people being on mic and what that does in an audio medium. So that concept wasn't new to me, but really translating the idea of energy and how we are moving at different energetic levels. If we are trying to raise ourselves up to operate on a higher plane of energy, or if we're letting ourselves really spiral down and all of it has been so transformative. And I wanted to tell you that really to say thank you. And I also wanted to tell you that because, you know, those of us who are in the public I, we share things and sometimes we're hesitant to share things and we don't know if we should talk about a thing or not. And we don't know if it's really making an impact on anybody. So I want to say just like, keep sharing, keep talking about the things that are changing your life, because even if it doesn't land with somebody right in the moment when you're speaking it, you're leaving it out there for people to come across and they will come across it when it is the right time. And it can also transform and change their lives. I mean, I have so many words I could go on and on about this, but I won't, but I will say that being able to have voices speaking into my life that because again, through this book, and then I've found YouTube channels and podcasts and those types of things that, that are like like holding my face in their hands and making me look them in the eye and, and saying like, no, you absolutely can trust your intuition. And the reason you've gotten into the stuck position is because you stopped listening to your intuition uh, and it's time to snap out of this. And this is what it looks like. 
to move forward with a different energy, it has been truly, truly transformative. So thank you for speaking that into my life, seriously. And for anybody who's listening, even if that's not your deal, just keep talking about the things that are making a big difference for you because you never know what is going to come from that on down the road. I love hearing every part of this because you know, I'm so into intuition. I have been for years. Actually, I should walk that back. I was into intuition and into almost like spiritual communication as a child, as a young person, Mm. even as a young adult. And then I fell out of it for a Mm. good 10 or 15 years. Yep. And I think I fell out of it for survival instinct. I a few things happened in my life that made me not trust my instincts. Like I was wrong about them and I was deeply wrong. I got my heart broken. I, you know, a few yeah. different things happened yeah. that made me think, oh, this intuition stuff, I'm, I've grown out of it or it's not real or whatever I thought. And then you become a mom, your hormones mess up, you age, you, you know, a lot of things happen that make us doubt our intuition. So I just packed all that away. I have a very logical and skeptical side in some ways. So it was very easy for me to default to that instead of defaulting to listening to myself, listening to something maybe bigger than me that that it's all working in communication with one another. And so when I got back into this, which was, it was a few years ago, I I talked about it nonstop for a while and, and then I sort of just took a different direction in a way. But people who are interested in this, I think that when they hear us talk about listening to our intuition, they think that we're talking about like if they're supposed to quit their job or if they're mm-hmm. supposed to move or like these sort of big life things that are that we look at as as magical moments because you listened to your intuition or you have this big north star story. That is not where it starts. Right. You have to cultivate it like a practice. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to listen to your intuition on your choices for the day. Absolutely. Little dumb things in yes. what you're wearing, what you're eating, what you're going to read, you know, little small things like, oh, do we go to the park or do we go to the zoo? Now, they're not all of those things do not all come back to intuition, but just tuning into like what feels right to me. Yes. It doesn't mean that if you go to the park instead of the zoo, you're going to get hit by a bus. No, this is, no. This is like too big of the thinking. It's, mm-hmm. it's smaller of like what feels right, what will feel good to me, what will, what will feed my family's spirit and mood to go to the park instead of the zoo. Does it feel right to open Instagram right now and scroll for 30 minutes? And I, look, I get this wrong every single day, all the time. <laughs> I mean, I do. If you're, if you follow somebody that you just feel like a little, you can't pinpoint what's off about this person, but there's something not quite right. Listen to that. Maybe mm-hmm. either unfollow them or just pay a little bit closer attention to, you know, this influence or whatever. Like it's small things like that. So that then when you are having to make a decision about quitting your job or moving or you know, a a bigger thing, you have cultivated a relationship with your intuition that you can trust it more. Yes. That you can even hear it. Because when I first started, I was like, well, I don't even, I've gone deaf to it. Yes. That's exactly how I felt. Absolutely. Yeah. And so you just have to practice and you start small. You start with what you're going to do that day. And then you move up to 
big decisions. So anyway, I love hearing that you're getting into some of this stuff. Some of it, you know, like anything else, any philosophies or trains of thought or whatever, like if you fall too hard down the intuition path, it go it can go to some cuckoo places. Yeah, absolutely. That's true. Yeah. And I don't go all the way to some of those places. I don't judge anybody who does, but I have definitely sort of with certain people I'm following or reading or listen to on this subject, I do sometimes be, come to the end of the road with them. Like, <laughs> yes, that appears to be a bridge too far. Yes. In the law of attraction for me. Yes. Yes. So yes. there's a little I, bit of that. I always encourage people, listen to your intuition, use your brain. Yes. That is a great way to say it. So, oh my God, I love that. And that's like a perfect one to end on because we've been recording our whole life. Yeah, basically the whole day. Which is fine by me, but <laughs> I could talk to you forever. This is exactly what happens when we start to talk and share, yep. whether the microphone's on or off. So I just love that you gave this much time to me today of and that we were course. able to catch up on some of these things. It was so good. Yes. I'm so glad we got to catch up. And truly, we could still talk even longer, but we got to wrap up, I'm sure. We did. <laughs> So quickly before we go, will you just tell the listeners where they can find your multiple podcasts? Yes. <laughs> Follow you on social media, all of those things. Just let us know. Okay. So Sort of Awesome is our main podcast. It comes out on Fridays. It's a weekly lifestyle podcast for women. But if you want that daily dose of awesome, you can also look up Awesome Today. We're in Spotify and Stitcher in all of the podcast places. I'm sort of Awesome Meg on social media. I'm not that interesting. It's mostly Catholic stuff and uh, pictures of my kids. But if you want, come over and follow the show on Instagram at Sort of Awesome Show. We're doing lots of fun things with reels and TikToks and video and all of our usual stuff over there. Or if you want to come hang out in our community, we have an amazing community on Facebook. It's called the Sort of Awesome Hangout, and it is drama-free and about love and support and all of those good things. And you can find us there just by searching Sort of Awesome Hangout. It is. The Sort of Awesome Hangout is one of my favorite, favorite corners of the internet. So I'm glad you mentioned that here. All right. Thank you, friend. Thank you. And you've just listened to the 10 Things to Tell You podcast. You can find the show notes and subscribe to episode emails at 10thingstotellyou.com slash podcast. And you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at 10 Things to Tell You. Remember, this is an interactive podcast. I have 10 things to tell you, and you have 10 things to tell. So take this topic to your journal or a friend or post on social media using the hashtag 10 things to tell you. These episodes are meant to bring connection with others and ourselves and spark better conversations. Thanks for listening. Now go share something.